Did you know that it is Asian American Pacific Islanders Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Carden, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meath. Plus, you can help support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA Scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native, Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. I love fast cars, but there aren't a ton of high-performance EVs. They're certainly out here there. But when I when I get a chance to get behind the wheel of one, it's I love it. And I was blown away by the Kia EV6 GT. When you get behind the wheel of the Kia, it, it is literally like being in a state-of-the-art rocket ship, but also comfortable. The thing goes from zero to 60 in 3.4 seconds. It is the premium driving experience. And of course, it's an EV. So the climate thanks you. SiriusXM provides access to over 165 channels in the vehicle. Music, sports, news, comedy, yacht rock. Let's go. Little, little steely Dan going in your Kia. Come on now. So check it out today. It is the all-electric Kia EV6 GT. I had a blast checking it out. Believe me, you should do it yourself via kia.com slash EV6. To learn more, that is kia.com slash EV6. Kia, movement that inspires. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, we made it. Yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome to Literally. It is me once again. I'm very excited about this particular podcast because it is a talk with a former family member and lovely person and iconic actress, two-time Academy Award winner, Hilary Swank. To say that we go back together is the understatement of all time. And whether you watched her in Boys Don't Cry, her first Oscar, or Million Dollar Baby, her second Oscar, or her new film out now, Ordinary Angels, she's uh, the cream of the crop and so sweet. Let's get cracking with Hilary Swank. Why am I feeling under yeah. the weather? Is yeah, that what you, said? you did the big press tour. I did the big press tour for my movie, Ordinary Angels, which opened uh, Friday the 23rd. And it was awesome. They had me running all over New York City and Los Angeles. Um, and I got home. And you know how it is when you finish like something like that. You just, your body just lets go. Oh. And here I am, sick. Are you Are you at home on the ranch? I am not on the ranch. I'm up in Washington State now. Well, okay, so first things first, so much to talk about. So much to talk about, Rob. I haven't seen you in how long? I, I don't even want to say because it's sad. It's sad. The amount, it's, it's, to say it's years is an understatement. I mean, it's crazy. And can we just go back for one second? I know you're interviewing me, but- No, no, you can please take full shots. I'm ready. You know, you know when we met? When you, I remember what year it was. It was nine, 93? Two. 92. And do you know what day it was? No. It was Halloween. That's right. And you you and Cheryl had a awesome, like one of the most awesome parties I still to this day have ever been to, Halloween party. And I had met Chad September 28th, 1992. And on October 31st, he goes, hey, my brother's having a Halloween party. Do you want to come? And it was so much fun. It was your house up in Mulholland? Yeah, sure. And... um. Did we play? I learned how to play celebrity. Celebrity. Games. We played celebrity. I remember that. I remember that. God, that was such a fun game. Everybody used to play that game all the time, right? No, so much fun. I'm, now, at that time, was that right 
before 90210 for you or after? I'm trying to get it. Um, that was before 90210. So 90210 came much later. I was th- At that time when I met you, I was just 18. Jesus Christ. And I, I did 90210 when I was 23. Oh, wow. So it was a lot later. I was on an ABC show at that time called Camp Wilder because Chad was also on an ABC show at the time. That's right. Oh my God. That's, I mean, we to say we go back is, is the, is the, uh, I mean, understatement of the year. Understatement of the century. Yeah, that's true. So <gasps> are, are you in Colorado? I mean, is that where you live? We spend half our time in Colorado and then half our time in Washington State, where I grew up. I grew up in a town called Bellingham yeah, sure, and I'm here now. I um, do a lot of work in Vancouver, so it's just really easy to commute over the border. Yep. And when I found out I was pregnant, I was here which was good because being in Colorado, I live at 9,600 feet. Oof. And to be, Oof. to like put that in perspective, you know how hard it is on a plane that are pressurized at 8,000 feet? That's right. That's this insane. Is 1,600 feet higher. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, it's funny. As I get older, I do less and less well at altitude. And like, it's, I get up to ski, I can't sleep. And you're like, oh. I know. It's so, so, so crazy. And the thing was, is we found this property in uh, 2016, we bought, and then we broke ground in 2018. And by the way, you guys, I should have called you because Cheryl is like the best at all of that stuff. I should have picked her brain about it. Um, Because I, it's my first time building from the ground up, but um, I did it. I just like got lucky with timing with COVID and everything and lockdown. But the point is, is that I didn't spend that much time there before just buying because it was beautiful. And then we got there and we're like, (laughs) (laughs) tell me about those beautiful twins. Oh my God. I can't believe you're a mom. I mean, I can can believe it, but like you're a new mom. It's unbelievable. I know. I know. And, but I mean, it's so late in life, right? I mean, it's so much later. I remember when you and Cheryl were pregnant with Matthew and uh, back again up at Mulholland. Remember, I took those great pregnancy pictures of you guys? Totally. That's right. That's right. I remember we were listening to, um, I remember we were listening to, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was, um, who sings that? You did. Was it Michael McDonald? Yes. 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 You remembered. Michael McDonald. Or did you just get it from my No, no, no. I remember that's what we were, I'm, by the way, still very much jamming to Michael McDonald. But at that point, I was super into it. Yep. He's awesome. Um, Okay. So. So yes, my twins. I um, am in heaven. By the way, it's way more fun than I ever imagined. Right? And no one really talks about that. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, it's the best job in the world, but it's the most exhausting job in the world or you know, whatever you hear. But no one really talks about how fun it is. That's right. Particularly if you're down. Like I was always really down to like dress up as, you know, Santa Claus or whatever. Like, like kids like fun stuff. So if you're down to fun, it's the best. Exactly. Exactly. It's just so cool. They're just, every day they're doing something funny. They're so in the moment. It's a reminder of what your priorities are. Um, they're just, they're hilarious. How old are they now? You hear my, do you have my bird was, in the oh, background? Oh, That's, of course that, I hear your bird. What bird is that? You guys used to have your African gray, Stormy, Stormy, right? yeah. Stormy would walk in and go, hi, I'm Stormy. <laughs> yeah. That's Seuss. That's I still Seuss? have my African gray. Yes. No, the fame, that is the famous Seuss. Yes. And she hears me in here. I swear she knows I'm talking to you. And she's going. That is. Like, get me in there. Get me how, in there. Okay. First of all, for how old are the twins? And then how old is Seuss? Um, let's see. I got Seuss um, when I was, what, 17 or 18? I, I had one before. Unfortunately, it passed away. So I had that one at 16. This one I got at 18. Um, which I would never do now. You know, I was just a teenager and I I would never put a bird in a cage, but we've been going the distance. I mean, I'm 49 now. Jesus. I've had this bird, how long? How long is that? It's insane. I'm horrible with math, I, but a long, 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 long time. I'm horrible with math and, too. And so Seuss will, it's a long ass Seuss time. will outlive both of us. I know. They live 80, 90 years or something like that. What's the, the greatest thing you've ever heard your bird say? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh my God. I Let me think. Um, there's so many cute things. I mean, she still says, she still sounds like Chad sometimes. No. Yep. They like have that memory. They don't forget anything. Um, and Chad taught her, a monkey says, 
And she totally commits to it. I mean, she sounds exactly like a monkey. She still does that. When you grab your keys, you're leaving. She goes, goodbye. I love you. Oh. So sweet. She's so fun. Mm. She's getting a little um, the short end of the stick nowadays oh, with for the sure. babies, but right? we'll, we'll bounce her back up and, here soon. And the twins are how old? They turned 11 months old a few days ago. Oh, man. Well, congrats. You're going to, I mean, you're already, it, I mean, you already got the message. It's the flipping all-time greatest. But listen, I'm going to tell you that the cliche that everybody says, and it's true, it goes so fast you won't believe it. You realize Matthew is 30. What? Matthew Lowe is 30. So Matthew was born when I was 19. He's 30. September 20th, right? He's September... What is he? 20th. Yeah, he's September, yeah, 22nd. I believe. 20th. Yes, 20th. No, it's the 20th. Like, Let's bet. Like, Matthew's going to listen to this it, and go, I told you, Dad, you don't remember anything. His birthday's September 20th. And um, Johnny's 20. You're like, oh my God, is it? And Johnny's 28. Look at you. You're turning, changing and, the subject. 28. That's insane. I can't even. And Hillary, in two weeks, I'm 60. What? I can't even. What's crazy about it is you remember when you'd hear people say, I still feel so young inside and that it's just, but time's going by. And don't you, don't you just feel like everything we're talking about was just yes, not that long ago? Not that long ago. I feel exactly the same. The only difference is, is sometimes when I catch myself in the mirror, which is every day, every second of the day, come on, <laughs> um, I go, when did my dad show up here? Yeah. I have, you know what? You really do look a lot like your dad. I, I, I go like... Your dad is so handsome. He's a, though, listen, so it's I'm, like, I'm, that's not a bad person to emulate. No, I'm lucky. He's a handsome dude. But I go, oh my God, I'm becoming my father, which is the whole... How old is your dad now? 84? Is that right? Yeah, he's 84. Amazing. Still skiing. Is he well and he, healthy? Yeah, he's well. Still, we, Chad and I were going to take him skiing this this year. Um, and then we we both had some work that came up and we couldn't, but... You know, he's great. He's, you know, he hasn't changed at all. He looks, looks like he's oh. 55. Um, I love that. Tell him hi for me. I will. And, and, and you look great. Thank you. And you too. Congratulations on this show, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Cheryl says, send Hillary my love. She was so excited. When, I mean, everybody's listening to this thing. These two are just catching up on family stuff, but we have to. We were a family forever yeah. and ever and ever and ever. I mean. Yeah, for a long for time. For a long, okay. 15 years. Okay, so here are my, I'm going to go with my favorite Hillary me- memories, my all-time favorite thing. And the reason I, I bring this up is because I think it's super important for everybody in their lives who feel like maybe something didn't go their way, particularly young actors didn't go their way. I can remember you up for a pilot. I don't remember what it was. And you didn't get it. And this is my favorite feedback ever. Do, do you know what I'm, do you know the story I'm going to tell? Mm-hmm. So, the president of CBS, right? Yes. It was a it was a drama that you were up for. Yes. And the president of CBS was down to you and somebody else. And they didn't go with you. And his quote was, Hillary Swank is too multi-camera. Yeah, like two half hour. Two half hour. He said, yeah, like... Pretty, like, you're just too half hour. And not even funny. He didn't even say I was funny or comedic. I was too half hour. People only want to spend a half an hour with you. <laughs> after, 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 after 31 minutes, they, they, let's face it. It's over. The time is... Like, we'll, we'll see. Start your timer. Start, we'll see. Start, your ti- start your timer on this podcast. If you last more than 30 minutes with Hillary and I on this, you have proved Les Moonves wrong. Um, That's right. I love that you even remember who it was. Oh, hello. I mean, at, at that time, the most powerful man in the business. And only because you didn't get that pilot or that show. I was able to do Boys Don't Cry. Okay, so, and we're going to talk about that in a second. I, many years later, was producing a TV series and starring in it. And we cast um, a wonderful actress who had just done a little part in Catch Me If You Can with Leonardo DiCaprio named Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. And we did the, the the pilot and the president of Warner Brothers Television said, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is we're picking up the show. The bad news is you've got to get rid of that, oh. that actor. Oh my God. And I was like, who was that? And I was like, why? And he said, she's, well, he didn't use, he used another phrase that you can probably guess. 
but but it was to the extent that she's not sexy enough. Oh God! And who was it? I want to be now. We got to call him out. That was Peter Roth. Oh, Peter. And so I had I had I had to call Amy as the executive producer and and and, and give her the news, and she ended up doing six episodes for us and not the whole show. Only because she did six and not the rest of She was of able it. to do what? June bug. Fate does not work in such mysterious ways. You got to trust, right? You got to really trust. You got to really, really, really trust. And it's not easy because it's not like you know in your core, yeah, Hillary, you didn't get this great job you wanted, but, but, but by the way, something great is coming. Nobody tells you that. You don't know that. There's no way to know that. But it really is the the concrete evidence of when a door closes or doesn't even open, mm. another one does. Mm. It's so true. And it's so hard to trust that, right? Because like you said, there's no for sure. But I think if you just remain open, you keep that energy open and let you feel it. Don't don't go, oh, something better was happening. You know, I felt it. I was like, this really sucks. And I felt it, and then I moved on. Right. And then, here's my other favorite uh, Boys Don't Cry stat. You made $75 a day. Yeah. $75 a day for how many days? I'm going to guess it was 30 days shoot, something like that? Yeah, something just under that, maybe 28, yeah. 28. And then, the good news is, that movie breaks out like nobody's business because of your performance. But then, like, that's all the money you've got in the bank. That whole next year where you're schlepping to every film. Fe- I remember you at every film festival, every, you're working your ass off to promote it. You don't even have the money to buy the nice dresses. That's right. I love that you remember that. I know I look back at those, some of that press stuff and I was like, what was I wearing? Oh yeah, I didn't have any money to buy anything. And I was just getting by the best I could. Um, you know, that's also such a reminder. I was just so young too that like, I think, remember, um, I signed with like a big agency right soon after that um, because my agent at the time was deciding that she didn't want, didn't know if she was going to be an agent anymore. And she said, you better look around and it's fine. You know, you take up some of this opportunity. And I think that this big agent was like, we're going to make so much money. And I was like, that, okay, but I really want to make sure I'm doing really you know, work that resonates with me, like work that's important to me, work that challenges me as an actor and as a human. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, I mean that too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, you know, in your 20s, it's like, that's not what you're doing it for. No, for sure. For sure. And your priorities can change. I mean, now I have babies and I'm definitely like looking at my work a little bit differently. Like, oh, yes. The, I'm not going to, it's got to check all the boxes. And one of those boxes has got to be, I got to make some some money too, so that I can do fewer things if I so choose. Isn't it funny how that, like, I got super lucky that when I had my boys, that it coincided with television being a great place to work because, so I got to stay home because otherwise I would have been on, on movie locations all of the time. And, you know, I have this conversation with Jodie Foster all the time, who's, who, the minute she had kids, you know, her priorities change. And, and now it's like, yeah, we've got to go. We've got to put kids to college. Yeah. You got to buy diapers. I mean, I got twins. I go through 12 diapers a day. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, the only thing I ever let interrupt my podcast, my dog. Take a minute now, please. Pet your dog while you learn about Bark the company dedicated to making dogs happy. Every month, BarkBox designs and delivers a whole new collection of toys and treats just for your best bud. Every toy is tailored to your pup's size and play style. From squeaky plush toys from BarkBox to ultra-tough durable ones from Super Chewer. Every treat is made with yummy, healthy, all-natural ingredients like pumpkin, and sweet potato. Each box is inspired by a new theme and comes with fun surprises for you and your dog. For a limited time, they'll double your first box of goodies for free. I love making my dogs happy. Love it. It's my favorite thing in the world. 
and my dogs are obsessed with their chewable toys. BarkBox offers treats to keep my dogs healthy and amazing new toys that keep my dogs entertained. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com slash Rob. Looking for a sparkling clean bathroom without so much hassle? Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner is here to revolutionize your cleaning future. Just spray today, rinse tomorrow, and voila! Enjoy a sparkling clean shower and tub without any scrubbing. It's the secret to a hassle-free clean bathroom that many are discovering. With over 33,000 five-star reviews, Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner has proven its effectiveness on shower glass, fixtures, tiles, and more, ensuring everything shines with minimal effort. This product has gained a loyal following thanks to its once-a-week application that makes it a standout in the cleaning aisle. Join the ranks of satisfied users who enjoy more me time and less clean time with Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner, available at Amazon, Lowe's, Menards, Home Depot, and Ace Hardware. It's the perfect choice for anyone wanting to simplify their cleaning routine. Don't miss out on a chance to transform your bathroom cleaning with just one application a week. Pick up a bottle of Wet and Forget Weekly Shower Cleaner today and join the thousands who've already made the switch to Effortless Clean. Hey, listeners. Ever have trouble getting someone on the phone when you have a question about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day, or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How about it occurred to me, I think I've heard you talk about it, that that you wouldn't get Boys Don't Cry today. Yeah, because the beautiful thing is, is that now people are, we have a long way to go still, but people are more accepting of, of trans and the gay and lesbian people and all different types of people. They were li- literally at that time, it was like groundbreaking news that Ellen was gay. Like it was a groundbreaking. Right. People were like, what? Oh my God. You know, people were worried that they weren't going to work again. So we were talking about a very different time. And even though here we are now in a time where it, it's more accepted, it's still not, it's still a scary time to be a trans person or a gay and lesbian in this world in a lot of different places, even places in our own country. So we still have a long way to go. But yes, to talk about the fact that if this were a movie that were being made now, there would be trans people who would be auditioning and and getting that opportunity. Talk about a movie way ahead of its time. I mean that mm-hmm. that that issue was not on the radar whatsoever at all. That's right, not at all. I mean, not at all. I mean, I think it's one of the first times that I ever. I don't really watch the news, and so I wasn't really aware of what was happening until I was read this script and started digging into it and saw. You know, um, people weren't even really talking about it on the news. It was like a blip if someone was murdered for being trans or a gay or lesbian. It was something that was just like flew under the radar. Um, But talk about just the blessing of being an actor and a storyteller is we get these opportunities to walk in these shoes and see through people's eyes in a way that we would never experience had we not been telling their story. How how can you describe, if you even can, because I, th- I've, I thought about it while it was happening and I marvel at it still, the notion of going from <laughs> she's, she's, she's two half hour to winning the Academy Award in basically a year. I know. I should have been up there and said, thanks, Les Moonves. You should have. <laughs> you should have. Or, or you could have said, said, thanks to Chad. Oh my God, right? It's the best thing ever. I knew as I- No, it's not the best thing ever. It's terrible. But I, you know, I think one of the things is, is that when I had like that morning, we had our like own little ceremony and I thanked him and- Right. I felt like such a responsibility when I got up on stage to talk about this community and to talk about 
I felt like it was a like a deep responsibility. I was almost like this, like walking, like I know these listeners can't see my face, but I was like in this like zone of make sure that you talk about a community that needs your voice. Yeah, I get it. And and I was so in that and I thought, of course, but the thing was, is I had a list and he wasn't on it because I thought, well, you're never going to forget your husband. Exactly. Sure. I, I totally get it. And I knew, and I think part of the way, the reason people remember it so much is there's amazing shots of, of Chad w- watching you, which are some of the, I mean, I it's so, God, just was the best. It was just. The, it went from like this close up of his gorgeous face, just completely in awe and gratitude and disbelief yes. and like, I can't believe this is happening. Yes. And then it, so it looks like I'm looking at him, right? Right, yeah. Um, even though he's he's out in the audience and you can't even see him with all the bright lights in your face. But yes, it looks like that. When, and then, but, and then was it a total rocket ship ride to, to the next, what was the next one? I, I know it's in the filmography, but it, the next thing was, oh, the Chris Nolan. After that. It was a Chris Nolan movie, right? Um, Give me a Chris Nolan story. He's the man right now. No, I think it was Affair of the Necklace came next. And then... Oh, that's right. I love that one. And I think then, yeah, it was Insomnia. It was right after that. And Christopher Nolan is genius. Right. I mean, it was really the only time I've... I mean, Soderbergh is very similar because Soderbergh has a deep understanding of lenses and stuff as well. I mean, I haven't worked with Scorsese, who obviously does as well, and many other people, but... Um, from the people that I worked with, he is he edits as he goes. So if you're doing a scene, um, and sometimes like I remember the very first scene I did was actually by myself, and I was like looking through the photos and and kind of piecing stuff together. And I remember he came in and he's like, "I want to, I want to dolly in on an eighty, and then I'm going to stop right here, and I want to go up here in the corner, and I want to be on a hundred for this this bit, and then let's." come over here and let's let's track around on a 20. And he was so specific, but he knew exactly where he was cutting. He didn't do the whole scene on the dolly and the 80, and he didn't do the whole scene up here. He cut exactly where he knew he was going to use it. And I was like, wow. And so that was one of those movies that I did never go to my trailer. I just sat on set and watched and absorbed, especially Al Pacino and Robin Williams oh. and being still so, I mean, I think at that point I was 26 or 27 and I learned so much from Al. And I think you're good friends with Al too. Yeah, Cheryl was Al's makeup artist for, makeup for, for artist. many, That's many right. years. For many, many years. And Al's always been a great supporter. And I mean, he's Al Pacino, man. It's It's... Yeah. I learned so much from him and from Chris. And I didn't have very many scenes with Robin. I think I only had one. But what a great time that was. I had, um, it's funny, you mentioned covering only certain parts of of shooting, only certain parts of scenes. And Soderbergh, uh, the first day I shot with Soderbergh on Behind the Candelabra, it was a scene where Michael Douglas and I meet at a doorway and hug. And we shot my side of it. And then I'm waiting for him to to turn the cameras around and shoot Michael. <clears throat> and St- uh, Stephen goes, okay, good, moving on. He knew that all, he wanted, he knew he was only going to play that scene on my, I was shocked, shocked. Wow. This is Michael fucking Douglas. You think you might want to- What wanna, did Michael You do? might want to film Michael. Michael. Like, oh, okay. He's like, used to it, get it. And then, I don't know if he did this on, by the way, your um, movie with Steven. I love that movie. Log- Logan Lucky, very, very great movie. Um, I don't know what it was like, on that, but when the day we wrapped Candelabra, we did the last shot, and he said, hey, just guys, just take 20, and then we'll do a little celebration. And we all milled around. He went off to where he came out, what was, came back with a laptop and pressed enter, and he says, the movie is done. He had his cut done before we left the set. I remember, I remember we didn't have time to, like, he doesn't rehearse, right? He's like, Clint, he's like, we don't rehearse, we just do it. And um, I remember thinking, asking him a question like, hey, you know, we didn't really get to talk about it or rehearse or anything. So I just have a question about this. You know, I thought I was doing something fun with my voice. And I was like, do I sound like Clint Eastwood when I'm doing this? Or does it work? (laughs) And he goes, well, let me just look at it. I'm going to cut it together. I'll I'll have it all cut together, you know, by tomorrow and I'll look. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, give me, so Clint, it reminds me of a story Charlie Sheen told me. We grew up together obsessed with Clint, what young boy 
wasn't obsessed with Clint. And we used to film backyard right. movies with our little video cameras. And it was always, we were, one of us was always Clint as Dirty Harry. So the notion that Charlie grew up to star with Clint and something was insane. So I finally got to talk to Charlie. Go, what was it like? What was it like? What was it like? And he said, on the, he said, Clint, as you know, and I want to hear your stories, but doesn't rehearse, doesn't man a few words. First day of shooting, they've had almost no interaction. Charlie's panicking, knocks on Clint's door of his motorhome. Clint says, yeah. And he goes, uh, uh, you know, it's first day and everything. And I just was, I don't know, wondering if, I don't know how you were thinking and, what, you know, what, what we're gonna, I don't know, do today. And Clint goes, I think we're gonna hit our marks and say a few words. <laughs> Sounds exactly like him. Exactly. And you do a good impression. Well, he's easy. He's on the Hall of Fame. Of- that is very good. I remember he did Mystic River right before Million Dollar Baby and it was nominated. And, you know, um, I remember, um, I think it was Sean. He, no, Sean was in the movie before that. Wait, what Sean's was, in Mystic. Who, was it Kevin? Sean's in Mystic. Oh, and, yeah, it was and Kevin. Sean. Yeah. It, was, it was Sean. That's right. It was Sean. Because Sean, oh my God, that reminds me. Remind me about the Academy Awards too with Sean. Okay. Um, it was Sean. Um, he he said um, something like he showed up and he had he was in you know ready to go like you said there's no rehearsal there's no talking about it and he did the accent and everything and um, Clint said something like oh okay so you decided to do an accent and he's like he yeah and he goes okay sounds great and it's like he didn't he didn't need to do it he's like. Do it if you want. Do it if you don't. Because I said, you know, I have quite, I'm from, from Maggie Fitzgerald was from Theodosia. And I said, she has a very specific accent. Can I have a dialect coach? And he's like, well, you, you, if you want to have one in before, but you can't have them on set. Ooh, interesting. He's like, no gurus on set. Wait, no gurus? That's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Yeah. No, I want that as, I want that as a bumper sticker. By the way, there's the title for this episode. <laughs> No, <laughs> no there gurus it is, people. On set. No gurus on set. So good. You're doing him better than me right now with my cold. If I do, if I fully commit, I'm just going to start coughing. The best, the best is Chad tells a story about skiing with Clint, which oh, yeah. we've all been lucky enough to do. But I guess you know you, you get invited up to the Clint house, which is ni- frozen in time in yep. 1970, 70 something, maybe late 60s, 68, 72, somewhere but, in there. But, but with a green telephone. With the long Green, cord. Full on. It's like he bought it. Shag carpet. But it's all miraculously like really looks fresh and clean. Like it's kept up. Like you stepped back into that time. But yeah, yeah I think he stepped into our room. Did he tell you that? This is, this is the story. Yeah. And he goes, hey, what is he? Goes, yeah. He's like, well, if you want to go skiing, it's time to go. But it's dark. And all you see is his shadow backlit at the, at the door. And then... <laughs> He's like, I'll be downstairs, leaving in 15. And then you hear like, he has like birds and he has like a bird on his shoulder and he's like making his protein shake and to get ready to go skiing. And he's got a, um, rain, uh, no, uh, what's the, I had it, the Woodside paneling Jeep, Jeep Wagoneer. Jeep Wagoneer, yeah. Which came with the house. It's warming up outside and he's like, we, we all pile in and there we go. Well, if you want to go. Yeah. It's time to go. Chad yeah. said he had, he, he remembers coming into the kitchen and just seeing Clint staring out at the mountains as the sun is rising behind them. Just bet, like going, what is he thinking? About? I know, right? And he's a great skier. Great skier. He's a great skier. Okay, tell me about the Academy Awards and Sean. Okay, so I didn't know this. I wasn't privy to this conversation. So... Sean won the year before for Mystic River. So he was presenting Best Actress the the next year, which was, I was nominated. I was super blessed to be nominated again. And here we are sitting with Clint and he's sitting right next to me. And Sean and him saw each other at the bar, like in the commercial before. So they go to commercial, they come right back and it's Best Leading Actress. Oh boy. And so Sean is up on the stage and he opens the envelope and he looks at Clint for a long beat. But his face didn't read anything. And it looked like he was like, oh, sorry, buddy. Oh my God. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, 
I, I have one. I can't complain, I'm, but I'm sitting there and I do sink a little. And then he calls my name. So it was like a double win. No way. Like, what? Yeah. And I, after I was like, what was that face that you did? And he said, when Clint and I were at the bar together at the commercial break, I told him I would give him a sign if your girl won. And his sign was a was a was a, a long, a long sad face. Pregnant pause. Well, that's yes. why he's Sean Penn because he makes interesting choices. <laughs> exactly. Um, I was by the way. By the way, people go. Rob always tells his own stories on his podcast, but fuck it, I don't care. Yeah, because, tell your story. But I yeah. love that. Okay, well, that's good. the whole point. Don't yeah. people want to hear your story? Uh, every, every once in a while, somebody be on an Apple board saying, "I wish Rob would stop telling his stories. I want to hear Hillary's." Well, we heard a Hillary story. <laughs> now we're going to hear one of mine. So yes, um, I was. Uh, giving out the best actor in a comedy Emmy. I'm in the car on the way. Phone rings. It's Charlie Sheen, who I haven't spoken to in 15 years. Oh, he's nominated. He's nominated for Two and a Half Men. He goes, dude, dude. So <laughs> that sounds like him. <laughs> he goes, um, the odds of me winning are one in 59, whatever the fuck they are. He goes, I'm going to put five million dollars down in Vegas. You read my name, and we'll split the money. And I'm like, you're kidding me. Oh, no, no, I'm not kidding. I am absolutely 100% not kidding. And I I go, ha, that's hilarious. That's great. He goes, no, dude, let's do it. I go, oh, you're the best. I love you. All right. See you at the ceremony. Click five, two two seconds later. I'm telling you, we can do this. It's going to be great. And I realize he's serious. And I go, all right, Charlie, look, here's the thing. Let's think this through. I open the envelope. It is going to, I can tell you right now, it is going to say, Alec Baldwin for 30 Rock. It is. It's said that every year. It's going to say it this year. And I go, what do I, what do, what, what, what do you do with the paper? He goes, you eat it. He goes, I'll, what? I'll, he goes, I'll cause a scene coming up and you eat it. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. Like the people that, that count, did the counting wouldn't say something. That's hilarious. And by the way, you should keep telling stories like that. And tell the your listeners that's a worthy story. Those I mean, are good. If you tell stories like that, it's worthy. I mean, I got to when it comes up like that. That's so great. If you're thinking about doing some home remodeling, check out Window World. Go to windowworld.com and check out their Windows Inspiration Guide. The guide is a dream book of page after page of beautiful windows. It's not just about how good they look. These beauties earned the good housekeeping seal and Energy Star certification. Go to windowworld.com to schedule your free consultation. Tell them you heard about it here on Literally with me, Rob Lowe, Window World, America's exterior remodeler. So I came home to a little gift in my bathroom the other day from our friends at Harry's. To get what you want, you have to challenge the status quo and blaze your own trail. You know who challenged the status quo? Harry's. They saw customers getting ripped off by questionable products in the shaving industry and decided they had something better to offer. So instead of charging the same old ridiculous prices, Harry's found a way to make their beautifully designed razors, and they are beautiful, for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. Exceptional products, honest prices. That's Harry's. They have the highest customer satisfaction in shaving history and a no-risk trial. Don't like your shave? No worries. It's on them. Convenient subscription options that you can cancel at any time. And Harry's also has other self-care products that meet the same quality standards as their razors. Richly lathering, skin-softening body wash and scents like Redwood, Wildland, and Stone. And an extra high-quality, amazing-smelling deodorant for just five bucks. I love their stuff. I'm so impressed by Harry's products. All of it. It's all good. Don't settle for the status quo. Blaze your own trail with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash rob. That's harrys.com slash rob for a $3 trial set. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you've been listening to Literally long enough, you'll know that I am a big believer in getting the help you need. Therapy has been a big, big, big part of my life. And something I think we should be all doing as needed, just like checking the oil on your car. I've spoken about this, and we all carry around different stressors, big and small. 
We keep them bottled in and it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe place to get the things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Rob Lowe today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Rob Lowe. Tell me about Ordinary Angels. Okay, first of all, Ordinary Angels, I remember that storm. That storm was gnarly. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah, it was gnarly. And by the way, down... Louisville to have a storm like that in the South is so rare. Um, I love this movie for so many reasons. Um, let's start with the fact that we need a movie like this right now. It's really in some tough times in the world. And I think people are looking for a feel-good movie. So there's that, which yep. I'm yep. happy, uh, really happy to be able to bring that and to, to, to entertain people with a, a, a true story of goodness. Two, this woman that I played is bigger than life and she lights up a room. She's transparent. She wears her heart on her sleeve. She loves people. She is just a beautiful reminder of the good in people. Three, community. How community can come together and help one another. Um, We've gotten so far away from that and it doesn't even have to be in a small town. I was in New York City and uh, during 9-11, and that is a huge populated city, and the community came together in a real way. You know, we can come together, whether it's something big or something small. And in this case, it was a big deal to save a young girl's life, and they rallied. Um, And then lastly, well, there's a lot of things, but lastly, um, my dad was a recipient of a lung transplant. Yes, I remember. his life was saved by the graciousness of a donor. And so it reminds us that there's millions of people out there waiting for an organ donor. And if you can, please become a donor. It saves lives. And um, I felt, you know, my dad was Christian and there's a lot of um, faith-based kind of um, themes in this movie. And so I just feel like this is a movie my dad would have been really proud of that I was a part of. Oh, I loved your dad. He was the best. Thank you. How's your mom? Yeah, we had a lot of great times up there. I went through a bunch of pictures. I, the Thanksgivings we spent at your house with my dad. And oh, of course. My dad loved you guys. And your mom, of course. Yeah, my mom. The greatest. She's still a funny firecracker. Fire, I was going to say, funny firecracker. Oh, you, okay. So, speaking of rescuing, and you mentioned 9 11, have you ever told people about the gnarly animal rescues you did? No. How about that? No one's ever, because people didn't know know me. They didn't know. So yeah, you knew me. Tell me, tell everybody what you did post 9-11. It's incredible. First of all, to people people who don't know, there is no bigger advocate for animals than Hillary. Like Mm. none. And by the way, the bird sanctuary misses you in Carpinteria. You need to come. They're, They're still there. I'm so happy they're still there. Like with all the the changes in my neighborhood, they're still there. Oh, that's wonderful. Jamie is uh, like, she's an ordinary angel. What she's doing for all those birds, because as we talked about, birds live 80 to 90 years. I got mine when I was a teenager. No one keeps a bird that long. They're like, I got to move on. And then these poor, beautiful, smart creatures are left kind of going from home to home. And they're very particular, as you know. So Jamie is just a (laughs) blessing. So thank you for bringing her up. But um, yeah, so I heard about all of these animals that were left down. You couldn't go below 14th Street if you if you, if if that's where you lived. You couldn't go back down there. All the first responders were down there and they were cleaning up and it was just too much of a, a mess and it was burning. And um, a lot of the, the apartment buildings were like about to collapse. They didn't know if they were able to to withstand the weight. And um, I worked with the ASPCA and the the Park and Recreation, which I was, I worked with just um, separately before 
and they needed a bunch of volunteers. So we went down and we went into all of these apartments where people would, like people went, let me just go back a step. People would go over the the piers um, over on West Street and they would say, you know, my dog Simpson or my goldfish or my rabbit or whatever it is. And they'd say, this is my address. This is my apartment. And I would get these cards and we'd go down Mind you, there was no electricity down there. So if their animal was on the 50th floor, you were walking up to the 50th floor. And we'd get up there and we'd, we brought cats down. We brought turtles down. We brought fish down. We brought lots of dogs. Um, I think a couple hamsters. (laughs) But I mean, these apartment buildings, they were missing windows and the trauma that these animals went through living there for you know, some a few days and some a few weeks. Um, cats that were scared out of their gourd. That's you'd have the, to put them in like a pillowcase. That's the story remember I remember that? is you'd, you'd, you told me the story about walking into a, an apartment or breaking in to the apartment and you're there to rescue the animal. That animal is terrified. Have you been trying to grab a cat that's terrified? Yeah, it was going crazy. It had already, it, it was missing its person. I'd, who knows how long it that didn't have food. It's, the front windows were blown out. It was smoky. It was dirty. It was dangerous. And they were just like, what is going on? And um, there was, yeah, I mean, a cat in that environment is wild. <laughs> yeah. So and we were like, how do we do this? How do we do this? And it kept getting out of a blanket. So finally figured out how to put it in a pillowcase, knew it could still breathe through it got them back to their owners. But reuniting these animals with their owners was such a gift. They were just like so happy. Well, you were an ordinary angel, a literal ordinary (laughs) angel then. Even then. We didn't have iPhones at the time. So I wasn't able to like take any photos from down there either. It was crazy. A lot of crazy time. We need to do a part two because then we had to tell people about your visit to Russia during the, when they were shelling the Remember that? Yeah, they were tank. They were a cannonball went into the Parliament Building. That in was Russia. um. That was literally was, that was ninety four, I think, or ninety three. Insane. I mean, there's a lot. There's so much to go over. But listen, you need to. I want to meet. I, I don't think I've met your husband, and I've got to meet those lovely little ones and come out and see the bird sanctuary. We'll take them to the zoo when they're old enough. The touch tanks. There's so much to do in Santa Barbara. We miss you. I love that you're still up there. You love it up there? Love it. Never, never, ever, ever leaving. Love it. Love it. Yeah, it's a pretty great place. And you guys went up there before the whole rush went. Yeah, it's been 30 years for sure. Well, we all love you. Chad sends his love. Cheryl sends his love. The boys, we all miss you. Excited to watch you continue to crush it. That was amazing. Amazing to get reunited with Hillary. And Seuss, the bird. I don't know if you guys could hear Seuss, the bird, in the background. But I could hear her as we were recording. So funny. All right, just one more thing before we end today's episode. Let's check the lowdown line. Hello, you've reached literally in our lowdown line, where you can get the lowdown. On all things about me, Rob Lowe, 323-570-4551. So have at it. Here's the beep. Hey, Bob. This is Jenny from North Carolina. Love your book. Love your podcast. And I'm a Navy gal. So, of course, I had your poster on my wall when I was uh, in high school. Now, this is what I've learned about you. Okay, so you are a great impersonator, a great interviewer, a great actor, good looking, good at skiing, golfing, surfing. You're still married to your wife. You have kids that are smart and successful. So my question is, what are you bad at? What do you think at? What do you do that gets on your wife's <laughs> nerves? Come on. America needs to know. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rob. Have a great day. Make it fun. <laughs> Bye. Uh, that is, you You are amazing. That's a very nice list that you uh, ticked off. Thank you so much. Um, boy, oh boy. 
and we need, it sounds like really what we need is Cheryl Lowe back on this podcast because she has a list. Believe me. She's a wife. That's what wives do. They have lists of things that husbands need to do better. Um, okay. Ready? In no particular order. Um, I am not handy around the house. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I could barely screw in a light bulb. I can change a light bulb, but anything else, man, you're on your own. Um, and what else? I am terrible with household finances. That's her purview and she's great at it. I'm good at making the money, but figuring out the rest of it, that's all her. Um, what else uh, am I not good at? Uh, in, in, anything having to do with math. Anything. Um, and I just had run uh, DMC on my show. And he said that, uh, you know, you're, you're following your higher calling when you're doing what comes easy to you. So I don't have any guilt about the things I'm no good at anymore. Thank you. That was a great question. So amazing. And great stories. That was amazing. Thank you all for um, tuning in. Don't forget to see Hillary's movie. It's out right now. Ordinary Angels feel good movie. We could all use it. And I'll see you next week, right back here on Literally. You've been listening to Literally with Rob Lowe, produced by me, Sean Doherty, with help from associate producer Sarah Bagar and research by Alyssa Growl. Engineering and mixing by Joanna Samuel. Our executive producers are Rob Lowe for Low Profile, Nick Liao, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross for Team Coco, and Colin Anderson for Stitcher. Booking by Deirdre Dodd, Music by Devin Bryant. Special thanks to Hidden City Studios. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Literally. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.